Well, good afternoon, Gregor. How are you on this lovely, far too hot afternoon? I'm, I, I am very well, thank you, James. It's absolutely glorious here in sunny Edinburgh. Yeah, it's roasting here in Lancashire as well at the moment, and the room I use as my studio has a nice flat roof, which is great when it's sunny because it just turns into this horrible, sweaty oven. So I'm feeling slightly moist today. Um, you know, I mean, don't get the wrong idea, but I mean, it's not unpleasant for me to watch you being hot and moist <laughs> while we're doing this. I, I, unfortunately, our fans can only listen, but I get to witness it. You also get to see my very, very new, very beautiful Spock the Week t-shirt. I, I was about to comment on that. It looks fantastic. Is that you, me and JJ sitting in 10 forward, is it? I, 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 I didn't draw it, but yeah, I think so. I'll let you decide who's who. Uh, I'm the one with the long hair. You're the one with the long hair. Mm-hmm. So are we calling this TOS era? Are you an engineer or are we calling it... Um... TNG colours and you're a com- uh, command branch. Well, I think it has to be a TNG one. Because it is if they're sat in 10 forward with Lacars around it as well. Because yeah. let's be honest, the recreation era in, area in the original Enterprise, it wasn't great. You know, they had, those, no. they had those two holes in the wall that they said were replicators. But it was actually someone on the other side of the wall panned in the chicken sandwich <laughs> into it. So that when the slider went past and Kirk pulled it out, it was there. And there was no windows in it. So it was nothing like 10 forward, which had all the nice benchy, benches and yep. soft furnishings. And it had the bar with guy in, you know. So it has to be TNG. And that looks like well, 10 forward to me. I'll, I'll be the blue one. Because mm-hmm. um, that kind of matches with my real life job. And that means that JJ becomes the disposable random crewman number 73 who dies on the planet, yeah? The gold yeah. one. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah? I'm all Because gold, gold shirts are the T- TNG equivalent of red shirts, aren't they? So. Absolutely. Yeah. So JJ can be somebody different every week because he'll just get killed on the planet. Yeah, he is extra number five. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, has he given you any instructions? Uh, apparently, we're talking about Rick Astley or something. Or Chesney Hawks or something. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> uh-huh. No, we're we're supposed to be talking about uh, one hit wonders with reference to Star Trek aliens and guest stars. So, um, aliens that we just see once, as well as when he's talking about guest stars, I think he's feeling more like cameos mm-hmm. rather than just standard guest stars. Okay, so people like. Mike Fleetwood, Vicky Pop. Yeah, and the the one who I can't remember who it was who was the big fish person in Ma- TNG. Ma- that was Mike Fleetwood. That was Mike Fleetwood, yeah. was it? All right. He just stood there for about two hours. Um, yeah. And uh, the King of Jordan. Oh yes, yes, he was in Voyager, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Was she in it? And she was in TNG and. Uh, Oh, this is going to set the tone. <laughs> Famke Janssen. I don't know who that is. Famke Janssen. Nope. I'm just going to say Famke Janssen randomly. Right, you keep saying it and I'll Google it and um, then we'll come together in the end. And Famke Janssen. Iggy Pop? Did I say Iggy Pop? Um, no, I don't think so. Tom Morello? Uh, yeah, I have no idea who this Famke Janssen woman is. Uh, Apparently she's a Dutch actress and former fashion model. Mm-hmm. And she played Xena something or other in GoldenEye. Yes. Jean Grey in the X-Men. Ava Moore on Nip Tuck. Yeah, I have no idea who mm-hmm. she is. Um, one of our big guest stars, um, Jean Simmons, not of Kiss fame. Oh no, not of kiss. Sorry, yeah. um, we've been through this one already, James. <laughs> I know, but it's a good excuse for me to go. <laughs> uh, that on top of your already moist appearance was very alluring. Let me assure you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> moist with a little bit of tongue, then, Gregor. Um, and well, I mean, we're not. I mean, 
one hit wonders? Does that mean great single episodes? Do you, I mean, although to be fair, a lot of the great single episodes have a species that we never see again. Move Along Home. It's a good excuse to talk about Move Along Home. Oh, yeah. One shit wonders. Yeah. Hey, that's the best episode of Star Trek ever made. Uh, second best. Threshold is the best. No, nobody wants Randy Space Lizards. Apart from Gregor. They were quite moist in appearance when uh, <laughs> when Chakotay got to them. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to be more difficult than normal for me to just cheat and research on Memory Alpha as we're doing this, because mm-hmm. we're going to be all over the shop, aren't we? Well, there is a couple of episodes in TNG that I'd like to bring to your attention. Cool. Um, well, w- which ones are we thinking of? And we'll probably get semi-serious, but we'll, we'll um, lose it at some point, I'm sure. But the first one I would like to talk about is an episode called Pen Pals. Now, Pen Pals never features in any list of the top ten episodes of Star Trek that I ever see. That being said, I would have it in my top ten TNG episodes. I think it is really, really good. I think it's one of the most Star Trek of Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Um, and the fact that uh, it was Melinda Snodgrass who did the teleplay for it is also awesome because anything that has her name to it does tend to be a little bit gold. Um, and when Rick Colby, Star Trek director, stole her as well. I, I just think it's a, a fantastic episode. And one of the things I really like about it is that Yes, Data is a big part in it. Yes, Picard is a big part in it. Um, with the chats all about the Prime Directive and interference, but the whole cast get their opinion. Get to yeah. get in that fantastic scene in the. Uh, well, let's just for those that don't know what Pen Pals is about is Data um, picks up a signal from a planet, pre warp civilization. So you know where this is going right away. Uh, is that Janeway's going to just ignore it? Oh, sorry, wrong series. Carry on. Well, it also depends on what way the wind blows if Janeway's going to ignore it. Is she going to kill someone today? Is she not? I don't know. <laughs> we, don't, we never know with Janeway. You just never know what you're going to get with Janeway. You're going to get Prime Directive, Janeway. You're going to get to hell with a Prime Directive. I'm getting my crew home. I think that the the writers of Voyager were also Dungeons and Dragons players, and every time the Prime Directive came up, they rolled a d20 and decided whether she was going to follow the Prime Directive or not. Yeah, well, it's just... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah, so... um, Data has picked up this signal from this distant pre-warp civilization, and it turns out it's from a little girl... It's in danger because the planet's tectonic plates are shifting, but it's basically destroyed itself uh, from within. Um, so Data is obviously has this developing relationship with her. He goes to the captain and he tells the captain what the situation is. And Picard being Picard decides to have a conference about it. And we have this, one of the, for me, one of the best scenes in any Star Trek episode where all the crew, and Pulaski included, uh, the much maligned and much underrated Dr. Pulaski, in my opinion. Don't like that woman, but carry on. Uh, they have uh, this fantastic conference about the, in, the nuances of the Prime Directive and yeah. the consequences of their actions, whether, whatever action they choose, what the consequence will be. And every member of the senior crew gets a, a role to play in this conversation. Um, so they decide ultimately that they're going to go and inve- at, at the very minimum investigate a bit further. Um, while simultaneously they give young Wesley the task of investigating if it's possible to prevent this planet. Yeah, is this the same episode where he gets his first like command of a team and they just... Uh, are- awkward and horrible and keep trying to tell him what to do until he eventually grows a pair and tells him to shut up and do the job. That is absolutely a brilliant uh, brilliant recall on that and very well put and I don't think we should mention that part of this episode ever again. Oh, okay. Why not? Because it's Wesley. But, but Wesley's beautiful. 
um, can, can, can we um, keep this on a little bit of a straight and narrow until we get to like season five or six, Wesley? Uh, I'm all right. Just, well, it depends when in 1989, or oh, it was May. No, we'd, ha- we'd, have, to, we'd have to wait until uh, an episode later that month. Okay. Uh, later that year. This is for your own good, James. I'm doing this to protect you. <laughs> no. Um, I've always had uh, a thing for Wesley, and that was since I watched it as a child. So that's... So, uh, what's the episode where he falls in the flower box? What's the justice? Yes. That must have been... I remember that... being very upset watching that, that when I was about 15. That must have been very was... traumatic for you. It, it was. It was, because Will Wheaton was my first celebrity crush. Uh, I had a crush for Crusher. Um, and, yeah, I remember being about 15 and being devastated that I thought they were going to kill off Wesley. Because I was watching it on repeats on Sky One at that point, I didn't have a clue that this was a season one episode, and I'd already seen a season season six when he was still alive. Because I'm sure they used to just play them in some sort of weird yeah. random order. They never used to make. Yeah, we never we never got them in any kind of order here in the UK to begin no. with. No, um, it was a bit of a disaster. Um, anyway, so this is a one-off species. So I'm attempting to keep this on track. What's the name of the species again? Uh, Praxia or something like that. Is that not the girl's name? Oh, that might be what she's called, yeah. Mm. Let's have a look. Du, 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 du. Please Sa- no, she's called... Your listening is important. Yeah, she's called Sarjenka. Yeah, I thought they were called something like Praxia or something. Yeah. I may have made that up, though. Well, I don't know. Anyway, so the situation gets a bit worse and it gets a bit deeper in that. Um, I think Picard actually tells Picard um, Data to cut off all contact, if I remember right. Yes. And And then Data's very naughty. Data's a a naughty boy. He's not an android, he's a very naughty boy. Indeed. Um, Yeah. And they get to the planet, and ultimately, I think, Picard's not very comfortable with what they're doing. He's doing it for the benefit of his crew as much as he has for Sarjenka. Because by this point... Yeah, he, he kind of has his hand forced by Data and Data's actions, so really, yeah. doesn't he? Um, but Wesley solved the problem of getting the planet's tectonic plates to stop shifting or something like that. Um, yeah, and isn't it just the same solution as most TNG issues of let's just fire the deflector dish at it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Tell you, I wish I had a magic deflector dish that could solve everything. So do I. I wish I had one as well. Um, that vibrated. And... A vibrating deflector? Anyway, back in the room. <laughs> so the situation's getting worse. Yes. And data goes down to the planet. I think basically because her family have cleared off from the house and she's been abandoned. I don't think deliberately, but somewhat carelessly, anyhow. And uh, Data then beams her back to the ship. Just just yeah. when it seemed they had the situation under control, Data then brings her to the ship. And Captain Picard, being a wonderful child-loving person that he is, turns around to Riker and says, there's a child on my bridge. There's always one on your bridge. Look at Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> um, but then Blasky does some sort of magic, timey-wimey, brainy-wainy thing to Sarjenka's brain and um, puts her down once the planet's settled down a bit. And uh, she forgets that she's been on the Enterprise. Um, what? A very rough description, yeah, but I think it's an absolute, absolute gem of an episode. Yeah, no, it it is a, a really good one, and the excuse me, sorry, this beer is repeating on me already. That's what you get for afternoon drinking. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the girl who plays Sajenka is really good, which makes this episode so strong. I think if you'd have had a, a terrible child actress, if you'd had someone like Shirley Temple trying to do it, going, oh, look, 
then that would have been a nightmare. But um, the fact that she's a, a good actress makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, that, that kid must have been really patient because she had a lot of prosthetics on. Yeah. Um, and it makes a change. They normally just randomly stick the prosthetics on babies. So, you know, it makes a change that it was a child this time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, her species is Draymond, Draymond. apparently. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the actress we're talking about is Nikki Cox. Wonder if she. Who's apparently now 43. <clears throat> <laughs> Just to make you feel old there, Gregor. She's not that much younger than me. Nicole Avery, Nikki Cox. I'm just going to see if I can find a picture of what she looks like now because I'm just curious. Although she had that much prosthetics on, I don't know what she looked like at the time, to be honest. So she was only eight years younger than me when she played the part. Yes, apparently she started acting in 82 and finished in 2015. So she would have been about 11, 12 at that point. Uh, Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, really great. Great performance from her, as you say. Absolutely fantastic. Um, what else has she been in? I'm just curious now. We're talking about one-hit wonders. Let's have a look at what else she's been in well, one-hit wonders. I bet she's been in about eight episodes of Star Trek now or something like that. <laughs> uh, she's one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. Uh, I can't see any more Star Trek anywhere. Nope, no other Star, Star Trek. Trek. Uh, she was in an episode of Ghost Whisperer. I used to quite like Ghost Whisperer. Sarah liked it. it was uh, sister, Sister. Do you remember Sister, Sister? No. With um, Tia and Tamara Maori. And they played twin sisters who'd been separated at birth and then they both got adopted. It was on Nickelodeon in like the 90s. No, you're living too old for it. Uh, Boy Meets World, you remember that? Yeah, she did an episode <laughs> of that. So she she's done a lot of single episodes of TV series. Uh, apart from, she was in something called Nikki, where she played Nikki White, and she was in forty one episodes of that. And she was in Las Vegas, um, where she played Mary Connell, and was in eighty seven episodes of that. Other than those two, oh no, and Unhappily Ever After. She played Tiffany Malloy and was in 100 episodes of that. The rest of her um, filmographies, one or two episodes. So she's a one-hit wonder across many different series and genres. She, I'm just looking at a picture of her more recent. And oh, apparently she was in Terminator she, 2. Uh, she's, she overturned the boat. She played girl number one. Massive role. <laughs> Such a big role, she didn't even get a name. Looking at this picture, and she's definitely overdone the Botox more recently. Oh, the picture I've got of her is obviously an old... Or the picture I've got of her is from 2000, before she'd got to the Botox, obviously. Mm. But she does have a fluffy duck on her shoulder. Okay, um... Cool. So you had a couple of episodes you wanted to talk about One Hit Wonders wise. What well, was your other? One. Is it Move Along um, Home? Yes, it is. It's Move Along Home. <laughs> Yay! Best episode of Star Trek ever made. I love Move Along Home, in case you haven't been able to tell. It is just one of those silly episodes of Star Trek that I just absolutely love. So we've we're on Deep Space Nine, and the first aliens come out of the Gamma Quadrant through the wormhole, and they play... It's almost like Star Trek does Jumanji, um, in that they're playing a game. Um, Quark's playing the game with these aliens whose species I can't quite remember off the top of my head. We'll come to it at some point. Um so Quark's playing this game that he thinks they're just pieces, and but actually we keep going into the game and seeing that actually it's um, Kira, uh, Jadzia, da, uh, bah, 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 bah. Kira, Jadzia, uh, Bashir, and Cisco who are the four playing pieces in this, 
Um, we never find out what the rules are for this game, um, but we do get um, to watch them skip and do hopscotch while singing a la Moraine. Um, and then we all get to go, hey, hey, third shop. Um, it makes no sense at all. It's brilliant. It's just not uh, a waddy. There, there we go. That's the name of the alien race. Uh, and I don't think we ever see them again. Nope. But I really like that um, race. They could have done a lot more with them. They only introduced them in season one, so they could have brought them in and done some more with them. But I don't think that... I'm just looking now to see if they appeared in any further episodes, and I don't believe that they did. Um, but it's just one of those episodes of Star Trek that makes me smile. Obviously, they um, spent all the money on the set for the Crystal Maze, um, because if you look at the uh, makeup for the aliens, they've literally just got weird symbols painted on the foreheads in purple face paint. Um, so the money all went on the sets, and it's just really good. I just really like it. It makes me happy. It makes me smile. And it gives us some nice season one character development, um, which is important when you're only 10 episodes into a seven year long um program we get to find out about um well we get to see julian interacting with jadzia in a way that's a little bit less one dimensional um because up until then bashir and dax has been very Dax trying to, uh, sorry, Bashir trying to get in Dax's knickers has basically been season one. Um, so we do get to see a better play of that. We get to see a nice dynamic between Kira and Cisco. So it gives a really good chance for character explana uh, exploration. And we also get to see some range in Armin Shimmerman as Quark. I think this is the first time we really start to see that Ferengi aren't just this one-sided, remorseless, capitalist creature, that they're actually rounded people. You used a lot of adjectives there to describe the episode. Um, I, I, I would have a whole different range of adjectives to describe this episode. Uh, yeah. Um, I can see the, the fun of it. It's... it's I think I like it now because it's so bad. It's so bad, it's good. Um, it's almost... It could actually be an episode of the original series. A season three. Oh, it's it not that bad. a season three episode of the original series. It, it really could be. Um, I agree with you in Quark, As you start to... Especially at the end, where he, he's, he, hmm. he drops his... This facade drops he's actually glad that the... Back, but I think that's also one of the, the episode's feelings that they were never in any real danger. But it doesn't matter because we thought mm. they were. So it doesn't matter. We only found out they weren't in danger at the same time mm. Quark did. Yeah. And perceived danger and actual danger, the difference when you're watching oh. it is irrelevant the first mm. time you watch it. Obviously, that reduces the enjoyment of a rewatch of that episode. But the first time you watch it, it doesn't really matter. So what's your favourite part of this episode? Alamarain, count to ten. <laughs> I love it. It's just so good. Sorry. Alamarain, count to four. Alamarain, then three more. Alamarain, if you can see Alamarain, you'll come with me. You know all the words. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favourite Star Trek episode. Oh, it's, it's, I see it also was directed by David Carson as well, another Star Trek luminary. Um, I, I think it was Michael Piller was the actual writer. Uh, story, story by Michael Piller, yeah. So, you see, the way things are credited when you get story by, that can be anything from they've written a sentence saying, I've got this idea that the crew gets stuck in a board game may have been all that Michael Piller wrote. Or it might be that Michael Piller broke it down scene by scene and went in this scene, this happens, in this scene, this happens, and in this scene, this happens. It's the people who write the teleplay who actually turn that into the script that we see. 
So story by is always a little bit of a, a nebulous. What does it actually mean? Did he write it on lipstick with lipstick on the back of a fag packet, or did he actually write a decent thing? We'll we'll never know, obviously. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a good one hit wonder. Oh, oh, give me that. Greg is doing very well and being very diplomatic and not just telling me that he absolutely hates it, which he's allowed to. I can completely understand why somebody Wait, would hate I've it. I've just scrolled down on Memory Alpha and all the words to Alan Moraine are there. Did you just read them off the screen when you were singing it? How dare you? How dare you accuse me of so things? I'm not saying anything else without my lawyer present. I was complimenting you all the time. You had a cute... Yeah, and I took the compliment, even though I knew that I'd read it. But that's you had not a the point. card in front of you all that time. <laughs> well, in, in your one hit wonders, because we've done TNG, we've done DS Nine. Okay, so it would make sense to head to Voyager next. Well, we've probably got quite a few. I'm struggling to think of any. Or it's the Kremen. Um, but we've probably got quite it's a the few. Kremen. The Kremen. Sorry. Kremen. Let me remind myself what they look like. I've probably spelt it wrong. Oh, Year of Hell. Let me... I need to see them because otherwise my brain doesn't... Oh, yes, yes. There's also yeah. that uh, that one girl that Harry Kim got his leg over because that was the only time that he did and she still left him. And even then it was still in our mirror universe. That's a one yeah. Or we could perhaps take it down the... Um, speaking of people, Harry Kim wants to get their leg... Oh, no, it was the Doctor who wanted to get his leg over in. Uh, there's the one that's basically in Valhalla. Uh, I know uh, they're not aliens. It's one of those weird... Well, they are aliens, aren't um, they? But we never really see what they are. Yeah. The one where the Doctor wants to get his, his leg over Loki's mum. Yeah, I think that's Beowulf, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what else is there? Actually, I don't really, actually, Voyager's pretty poor. It's got its moments, but it's pretty poor. Yeah, no, it's not great. And and it had the potential for some great one-hit wonders, mm. it really did, because of the whole point of the story of travelling through space that nobody's ever been to in a linear fashion. Um, But no, they never really explored that Did side you say linear fashion, as in... Jamie was going to go in a straight line because that's the shortest way home, because that's not what she did. A line doesn't have to be straight, and it also doesn't have to be direct. <laughs> but it was... A, they didn't They didn't go back on themselves. No, but they did. Well, they probably yeah, did a they, couple they of they times. They went all over cause... the place. Yeah. yeah. Captain, I found this gaseous anomaly. Okay, let's, let's, di let's divert for five years, because we've got no gaseous anomalies yeah. in the Alpha Quadrant. So let's study this one. You... And speaking of one-hit wonders, what about the Omega Particle? Uh, is, is, isn't that Galaxy Quest? Do, does that... Is it not called the Omega Particle? I thought it was called the Omega Instar... I've, I've not got it wrong, have I? Uh, it's, it's the Omega 13 in, in Galaxy Quest, isn't it? What's the... Um... Uh, no, it's the Omega Molecule, sorry, in um, Star Trek. Isn't that the one where they go to the Omega Protocol and Janeway has to do all the weird and wonderful things that Command has only ever told uh, that Starfleet Command have only ever told captains about, and they've got to do the Omega Directive. Um, um, you've lost me now. Uh, the episode's Omega Directive. Um, Memory Alpha's thing says, Captain Janeway must carry out a top-secret Starfleet directive regarding the most powerful and dangerous substance known to exist. <coughs> okay, I'm going to have to read this. I never said it was a good episode. Uh, I mean, just that, that, that line, Captain Janeway must carry out a top-secret Starfleet directive regarding... Yeah, that just sounds like... Imagine walking into the writer's room with that, you know? Yeah, but... Yeah, it... As I say, I never said it was a good episode. It's definitely a ship in a bottle episode. Mm. 
they do have a <coughs> an appearance from uh, somebody called Alos, who is a species that we don't see again, um, who's from a pre-warp civilization, and he's been working to synthesize this Amiga molecule. Um, it, it's not a good episode, but it is something we only see once. There's probably a reason for that. It's got classic, classic uh, Voyager technobabble. Multiphasic shielding. Yeah. 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 But the, the Borg apparently call it Substance 010. Yeah. But no, it's not a good episode, but it's a thing that exists. Hmm. <clears throat> Have we done our own Omega Directive and we've gone off in a completely different course correction? No, because I mentioned the alien that appears in, oh, Amiga yeah, Molo- in the Omega Directive episode only once. Oh, sorry, I missed that. What was the alien? Remind, remind me. Uh, Alos. I think he's called Alos. So, so just trying to quantify this. That... He's in it so much that his species is referred to as... Alos's species. Okay, and, and where, where does Alos fit into the episode? Why is he important? So the ship detects the Amiga particle, which he's been making on his planet to try and fix some sort of end of world scenario number seven. And Jamie's sent to go and get it, is she? Because it's. Uh, well, there's, there's super secret um, Starfleet commands that are given out to all ship's captains if the Amiga particle is discovered at all. So she has no choice. She has to follow this so directive. I'm just trying to um, establish, quantify what's happening here. So this alien has mm-hmm. developed a particle that's so rare yep. that Starfleet have their own top-secret protocol to get their hands on this particle. It's so important to them. And yep. the alien that develops it see him once, is that correct? Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, there you go. That's basically the episode. Obviously, they manage it. (laughs) Rah, rah, Janeway. Keep on flying. Yeah. I'm going to go blow up a few bar cubes now. And Mr. Mr. Kuvix, come with me to the transporter room. Yeah, so uh, what season was that? Must be that? late for some of the names in it, so it's half uh, Season 4. <coughs> season 4, episode 21. So, so the end. But it, it's not good. Hmm. And the story is by two different people, so two people both had that shit idea. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the, the teleplay in the story and the director. <clears throat> Not one of the names are people that are go. Oh yeah, they're usually good, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's poor. So maybe that's more of a one shit wonder. I think so. I think so. So let's <clears throat> move on then and think about Enterprise. Right, Enterprise. Well, one thing. Are we, do we have any? Well, we've got a one hit wonder cameo in Enterprise. Can you think of a cameo? Can I think of a cameo in Enterprise? Or Seth MacFarlane? That's the one I was thinking of. Is it in a couple of episodes? Oh, I thought it was only in one. Don't don't ruin my... my... I'll let you have a look at that. MacFarlane. Oh, I'm going to have to keep talking now because Gregor's gone to get more beer. So Seth MacFarlane... Um, oh, sadly, Gregor is correct. Uh, he was in two episodes of Enterprise. He was in both The Forgotten and Affliction, so we can't class Seth MacFarlane's cameo appearances as one-hit wonders because he was in two of them. So, you've laid the gauntlet down there to find a one-hit wonder from Enterprise, so I'm going to have a wee look myself. Well, there's the people that got uh, Connor, Connor, uh, got Trip pregnant. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the P 
people. Oh no, 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 no! I'm going back to Voyager. Mm. Ignore me. Carry on. I was about to say the people who kidnapped Harry Kim and wrapped him in spider webs. It's the albino one. But no, that that's Deep Space Nine. What the hell am I talking yeah. about? It's not Harry. It's the albino one, Dorians. Yeah, yeah, there is. Ooh, this is it. This is Enterprise's top. Yeah, it, it it's tricky, but it's a prequel, so it is going to be tricky for them to meet an alien that we yeah. never meet again. Yeah, um, yeah, this is because uh, I'm keep uh, every time something comes into my head with Enterprise, I go, oh no, that's that was not uh, a one hit wonder because they came back. Mm, there was. Future Enterprise. There yes. was? When they meet... You're going to have to remind the me. Enterprise from 80 years down the line and T'Pol's still on it and Archer's son is on it. All their descendants are on it, running it. Because it was the splitting it. I have no memory of that episode at all. When they're in the Expanse. Can't. Uh, no, I can't don't remember, remember that one. can't remember the name of it. Uh, I'm going to have to Google the name of it. But I feel vindicated in forgetting about it because you'd forgotten about the Omega Particle, so we're all right, we're, we're even. To be fair, uh, neither of us are great Voyager fans, but we are both great Enterprise fans, so it's not really in the same ballpark, is it? How about you just shut up and ad- admit the fact that it's a draw? Uh, what's a draw? What's, what's a draw? What's a bit? How, how, how did you make that leap? Because it, I did. Because I forgot about one episode existing and you forgot about one episode existing, so that's a draw. It's not even... It's like... It, it's like... See, it's like having a, a DS9 quiz of JJ, right? And JJ guesses an answer and then you say JJ wins. That's the same thing because he's just like flipped it. Because he's not seen it. I don't know if the listeners know that JJ hasn't seen Deep Space Nine. I, I, I still can't understand how you can have not seen Deep Space Nine. It's beyond me. I'm now I'm I'm frantically trying to Google this Enterprise episode. Uh, because it's, it's bugging me now. Um, I honestly can't remember. If you, if you remember the episode title, I may remember when I see pictures. My brain tends to work very well with pictures. And less with, um, uh, less with text and descriptions. So sometimes it's good, sometimes yeah, it's bad. No, it's not. I don't know. I'm currently looking through um, no, it's episodes. Not. It's not as I I'm completely on the wrong one. Anyway, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, one of Enterprise episodes. Mm. There must be some, I'm sure. What about the Einar? They're your albino um, mm-hmm. Andorians, yeah. pretty much, aren't they? I think they're pretty much the only one I can think of. I can't think of any other aliens. That... I'm sure Stuart will yeah. send us a list um, because he's good like that. And I mean that honestly, not... Um... Yeah, not in the consent, the condescending way that it probably sounded. You condescending? No. It's normally accidental. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure once it goes out, Stuart will give us a retweet and keep us on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Thankfully. Uh, it's good someone does, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, we need somebody to keep us in yeah. check, really, don't we? What about augments? Who's the one off of? Oh, the augments. The augments. Mm. We never really see them again. Well, there is the theory that Bashir, etc., are the. Yeah, yeah, but fan theories aside, that is our only actual canon appearance mm. of them on screen. That's true. That's true. Uh. So that was uh, that was a trilogy of episodes, wasn't it? It was Augments, Affliction, and something else, wasn't it? Um, we've got the Augments, the Forge, 
but that's nothing to do with it. It's the episode after. The episode before was Cold Station 12, uh, which, yes, that one has augments in it, so they're not a one-hit wonder. Yes, yeah, so it's Borderland, Cold Station 12, and the augments. So, yeah, they're not really a, a one-hit wonder at all. I'm basically and, and lying. Is it a fiction or an extension of that storyline where the, the Kringons obtain the technology and used it to... Oh, yeah, I think you might be right. Ignore me, because my one-hit wonders are four episodes long and it's an important part of a series arc. <laughs> but apart from that, it was an excellent choice. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than those couple of minor mm. little slip-ups. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. But I, I'm really, yeah. Maybe we should have researched... Well, I would have researched if it had have been, like, not three hours ago when JJ told me what we were using yeah, as our topic today. Well, I'm, I'm going to bring a, go back to a TNG one, because I think... Yeah, because you finished work two minutes before we started recording. I'm going to... And I, I, I managed to find some spare vaccines knocking around the north of England, so I popped off Wait, to get an injection. Did you go to a dropping centre, or...? Yeah, they had a walk-in centre that had put a thing out on Facebook that basically said, we've opened the Pfizer vaccine box. Shit, not enough people have turned up. Anybody want but one? And I'm like, yep, yeah, I'll, I'll have my um, second one if there's vaccines going spare, please. Yeah, well, I got, so well, I, I went and got that. two weeks ago, and I've even now got, I've got my passport. It's over there on the, the, the worktop. I've got my, my yeah, vaccine passport. You get a passport. Just wait there, I'll show you. Yeah, show me. I, I want to see your vaccine passport. I'm excited now. I didn't know I got a passport. This is very exciting stuff. So, so I, I got... On the edge I got of this from NHS Scotland. Oh, look at that. That's a bit posh. So it's like the date. Your COVID-19 vaccination status. I can't read it because okay. it's too blurry, but it's cool yeah, that you've got... It tells you when you've had dose one, dose two, if it was AstraZeneca or whatever, and um, a code for the product that they've vaccinated you Do you not get a, a card with that written on each time you went for your vaccine? Uh, I did get... Because they do in England. You got like a little business yeah. card size card that they stuck the batch numbers and things on, and also in England... We have an NHS app. I don't yeah, know if you have, have that in Scotland. Got this was through the app. Right. So. so, yeah. For listeners who are outside of the UK, who may think that Scotland and England are the same place, they're not. We've got um, quite a lot of laws and rules and organisations and things that are very different, and healthcare is one of those things that is very different between Scotland and England uh, they have NHS Scotland. We've just got the NHS. Um, well, it is technically NHS England, isn't it? Um, but so our rules and everything is slightly different. So that's why we're just comparing. So, so that's done. So I'm happy with that. And congratulations on your second one. Yeah, yeah. My arm's a bit numb. It's starting. How, to... how were you after the first one? Just tired and groggy. So we'll we'll see. I don't know whether it's going to be better or worse with the second one. I've no idea. Yeah, my arm was a little sore with the first one, but uh, the second one I didn't have any any reaction at all. Yeah. Oh, it's better. It's better than when I gave blood the other week. At least she did it first time. <laughs> my goodness, I. I went to give blood for the first time and it was the first time for me and the person taking the blood out of me as well. And she got there, but my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's always a good thing when it's two people's first time together. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We popped each other's cherries. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> she was under full supervision by... Another clinician and what have you. She wasn't just it's let loose. First time, are you sure that's where you want me to stick it? Yeah, that's pretty much how the conversation went. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
I'm fairly pleased. So that's two weeks. So I can go abroad now. Nobody's taken anybody from the UK. Um, oh, no, no, no. But you, you are allowed to leave. leave. Just allowed, so you're just not allowed to actually Just not allowed to go anywhere. anywhere, but I can leave. Even Ireland, you've got to quarantine for a fortnight, and we're supposed to have this common travel yeah, zone. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be... Well, I'm going on holiday in three weeks' time. Um, Where are you off? Well, we've just basically booked a, a, a couple of short stays, so we're going to uh, Fife um, for an overnight right, yeah. Fife and a nice uh, restaurant with rooms in Fife. Yep. And then we're going on a cruise. Oh. We're going on a cruise, so we're, we're driving down to Ardrossan in Ayrshire. And uh, we get on the ship in Ayrshire, and then we go off an hour later in a town called Brodick on the Isle of Arran. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's better than what I had in my head. I thought you were just going to jump on a fishing boat and do a lap no, no, of the fourth No, no, we're just going on the ferry across to Arran. I've not been in Arran since I was six, and for those that don't know, and I suspect that you may be one of these people, um, I think I might have um, been to Arran has described as Scotland in miniature. It's a it's a small island, but it's a large island because it's within. It's actually in the Firth of the River Clyde, which is the river that flows through Glasgow Pier to build all the ships. Um, and it's described as Scotland in miniature. It's meant to be very, very lovely. It benefits from a fantastic climate because it's on the west coast of Scotland, so the Gulf Stream hits it. Mm. Um, so yeah, don't anybody ever don't let anybody ever tell you that that the weather on the west coast of Scotland in the summer. It's bad. It's fantastic. It does rain, but when you get a sunny day, boy, do you get a sunny day in the West Coast. Yeah, I can't remember whether I've done... I'm sure I've been to Arran. I've been to... And I've been to Mull. I've never been to Mull. And I've been to... Egg? Well, that's a... That's a waste of a trip on a ferry. I won't bother with that. It's about three yeah. foot square when you There's get there. There's nothing on egg. It's got a shop. It's got like yeah. a corner shop that sells tourist tat, and then you get back on the ferry again. Um, but no, I remember going to um, Tobermory. I do remember Tobermory. I also sadly do remember Balamori, but it was before Balamori was a thing when was I went it? to Tobamori. <laughs> but I remember watching Balamori Tobamori. and remembering Tobamori, <laughs> rather than somebody who would go now and go, it'd be go, the other way around. This, this looks exactly like Balamori. <laughs> did they, did yeah. they copy Balamori? <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we spent a, a couple of weeks up when I was a, a kid doing a lot of the isles, islands off the west coast, and I mm. think I've done Aaron. Well, it's one of the easy ones to get to, Aaron. Yeah, I. W- it was just such a long time ago, and I can't remember. Is that the Isle of Gia. Ginger? Oh, Gia. No, Ginha. Gia. I was going to say, oh, I could take my boyfriend to the Isle of Ginger. Well, but... um, you've got Isle of Jura and Gia. Um, and... <laughs> Isla makes me laugh purely because my um, sister used to, um, her ex-husband's surname was Lewis um, and they live up in Scotland and when they were, when they gave birth to their first one they were trying to decide names and they loved the name Isla till the rest of the family pointed out that you can't live in Scotland and have your son called, uh, your daughter called Isla Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, no, 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 don't, you, you can't no. do that. You can't do that in Scotland. <laughs> so yeah, that that's why I remember the name Isla because it reminds me of the name Isla, which was nearly given to yeah. my niece, who yeah, would have been Isla. For those that are not in the know, um, there is an island in Scotland called Lewis, but it's not referred to just as Lewis. It is called the Isle of Lewis. 
that's what's funny of that. It's, it's you know, where you go to go to the Isle of Lewis. It's just that's what it's referred to. Don't know why, but that is its actual name. It's the Isle of Lewis. Um, have you, you not been on Sky then? Uh, no. I've been to Sky twice, but Sky, I mean, I'm, I live in Edinburgh, and it's about, hmm. you know, if, if the roads are kind to you, um, it's a five-hour yeah. drive just to get to Sky. And Sky's fairly big. Yeah, Sky's fairly absolutely. big, so if you're staying in somewhere like Portree, you're at least another hour from... I do want to go to Jura at some point, purely because I feel like I've propped up the economy that much over the last decade or so. Because um, I really mm-hmm. like Jura whiskey. <laughs> um, that at some point I should actually go. Uh, well, when you when, I feel like I've drunk enough that I should have shared. Well, when in you the get island. to Edinburgh, because we've spoken about you getting up here for something at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I will be coming up. Where we've got um, Edinburgh Comic Con to go. I'm not a big whiskey fan, but Sarah is. So there is actually the whiskey. There's there. Um, but it's a bit it's actually not that bad um, from a tourist tap point of view the official whiskey museum which is next to the castle and it's actually the word the word official normally means an extra yeah, it's actually it's okay price, it's, it's, it's surprisingly oh. I thought it was going to be um, I thought it was I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be the archetypal a short print tin with tartan Edinburgh castle and a paper on the front um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. That. Um, but there is also a number of bars that specialise in whiskies. That's not a surprise in um, Edinburgh. I'm not going to lie. It's not. Is it? I guess it isn't. Is it? But uh, that, you know, really, really good uh, whiskies. Not just brand whiskies mm. like Isla Jura or Laproig or anything like that. Actual cask whiskies to sell um, cask whiskies. Um, nice. There's a few of those, and there is actually the Malt Whiskey Society, which is that sounds tasty but expensive. Um, well, if you Google it, the Malt Whiskey Society, you'll see different things. They've got a very, very nice restaurant in there. We've got two locations in Edinburgh. We've got one in Queen Street, which is the centre of the town, and they have uh, basically what's their spiritual home, which is an old whiskey bond down in Leaf, and it's fantastic. Um, but a few whiskey tastings, um, whiskey accompaniments for meals, um, all sorts of things. And Is it that's Queen the, Street, Edinburgh? That's basically just the restaurant. But if the Giles Street, Leaf, is the one. That's the main one. That's, that's the... Leaf, Leaf. doesn't mention Leaf. The vaults, that's, that's the, the vaults. Yeah, that's Is that it. where the vaults are? Ah, yeah, 87 Giles Street, Edinburgh. There you go, they've got some free advertising as well, because I've yeah, just told well, everybody where they are. We've Brewdog, we, we tried to get Brewdog. <laughs> did I tell you that Brewdog are opening the hotel across from my office? Do you know, I think when we weren't on a podcast and we were looking at places to stay in Edinburgh when I come up. I think yeah. we did discuss that briefly then. Um, because JJ, when he was over for the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he was like, oh, I want to go to, want to go to Ohio. Why do you want to go to Ohio? What's in Ohio? You know, I mean, if you'd said the Grand Canyon or New York or, you know, um, San Francisco, yeah, well, what do you want to go to Ohio for? He says, there's a Brewdog Hotel there and they've got beer taps in the rooms. And I went, there's one across the road from my office. <laughs> no, but I suppose if you wanted to go to a hotel and have a weekend away, going for a weekend away in the city you live in is a little bit. Um, I don't know. Uh... It's quite because Sarah and I will do the tours thing from time to time in Edinburgh. Um, yeah, because we very we very rarely have to leave our locale to find stuff. Yeah. So sometimes when we go up town, um, we'll all do the, the local stuff. I mean, to, when we're on holiday in three weeks' time, the place we're going is a 45-minute drive. But that's it's COVID. Yeah, but it's not like you're just <laughs> going to the town centre. It's in the middle of nowhere, actually. 
So, yeah, that's that. I mean, obviously, that's never, this is a one-off because it's the first time we've been there. So that's still covered by the remit, isn't it? Or one-offs. Oh, yeah, we're meant to be doing a Star no, Trek No, he just said one-offs. He never said Star Trek one-offs. He said one-offs. That, that's true. That's why my original suggestion was Chesney Hawks. <laughs> yeah. Did you like that? Did that you like the video? I sent you a video? Chat. Oh, let me have a quick oh. look now. Let's have a look. So, uh, this is a video right, that look. I recorded of Chesney Hawks. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to see Chesney Hawks performing I Am the One and Only on a cruise ship in the Caribbean on Christmas Eve? Then this one is for you. Uh, I won't play that now because of copyright purposes. Um, but I will watch that later on. I, that sounds I, horrific. I, I was there, folks. That's what happened. At the pool party, he was in the middle of the pool doing that. You see, most Star Trek fans go on a cruise that has Star Trek people on it. Oh, no, Gregor oh, goes on a well, cruise with Chesney Hall. Did you see Jen Dunn's post on the, the Facebook group page last week? She's selling her no. Star Trek the cruise tickets. Yeah, but. Then there's the flights and there's the fact that it'll be full of COVID and I just don't well, know. What stopped Sarah and I doing that was the fact that um, it's February, so it's only, what, eight months away? Yeah, it's not, not far enough away for me. Now, under the current restrictions, you wouldn't get insurance for it because you booked it um, when it was in no. a high-risk phase. So it's like, yep. it's a lot of money fork out for... Something that could go tits up, basically. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I'm I'm not comfortable enough. I would go on a holiday somewhere in February next year. Would I want to be on a cruise ship? Probably not. No, we've got one booked for June. Yeah. Norway. Where are you going? All right, cool. Um, I'm sailing from Southampton. I hope you started saving up about seven years ago because it's really expensive yeah, in Norway. Yeah, we've done it before. Um, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't spend a lot it's of not money cheap. Sure. in Norway, I have to say. No. Um, but I mean, it's... I would imagine in Norway it's actually cheaper to drink on the ship and cruise ship prices, well, that's saying a lot. cruise ship prices are cheaper than what we've got along the street. Oh yeah, yeah. you live in a capital so... city, don't you? Yeah, whereas I'm from deepest, darkest Lancashire, I get sad if it's more than two pound fifty a pint. Two pound fifty a pint. I, I I can remember. I used to go. I used to go out on Friday night with ten pounds of fifteen pints of bitter, a fish supper, and still have money for the bus home. No, you know it's a really good night when you come back with more money than what I'm you went. I'm not even with. going to ask what you, how you manage that. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a few times. The, okay. <laughs> the money that you take out the bank when you're drunk and put in your pocket does not mean that you've actually got more money. No, no. Oh, I'm, no, if I'm going out drink drinking, I don't take my bank card. Yeah. I just take cash because otherwise whatever is in my bank account then becomes fair game <laughs> once I'm drunk. Yeah. Whereas the only way I can budget is to issue myself some cash beforehand. We've got pubs now that won't take cash. I don't blame them, especially at the moment, but I don't blame them in general. And there's a pub along the street. Probably for the very reason I've just said. There's a pub along the street who, um, as far as the face mask goes, he doesn't even let people in. Because I was sitting a couple of weeks ago having a pint. And uh, Hugo's quite the character, and this guy walked in, he didn't know his face mask, and uh, Hugo says, oh, put your face mask on, please, while you're standing up. And the guy says, oh, I'm exempt. And Hugo went, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're exempt and you say, tell me you can't wear it, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not putting my customers at risk, and you're going to have to leave. The boy was shocked. But... But that it, it's the the right of I'm assuming it's the same in Scotland and England. It's the right of a landlord to refuse any person access to their yes, premises for that is any reason. Exactly what happens up here. 
you don't need to serve anybody. Yeah. Whereas if you were in the States, you probably wouldn't get away with that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they've got the same... I don't know, from watching things and stuff on YouTube, I get, I get the impression that they don't have the same right of refusal that I they do. I don't know. The ID'd me yeah. in the States. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, but that that's what? a reason, then. What? Do you think I'm, like... I got ID'd the other week at the garage. It's like, well, yeah? She said, have you, have you got ID? I went, yeah. I gave him my ID, and then she just looked at it and went, I'm really sorry, and gave it back. And I'm like, I don't know what's worse, the fact that she bloody asked for it, and the fact that she looked at my date of birth and bloody apologised. <laughs> I was most upset. When, when did you, because we started off with talking about your spot in the t-shirt, when did you order yours? Uh, I, uh, give me a moment while I check my email to see when I ordered it. Uh, Please bear with me. Your James is wearing attention a very nice, is important. James is also wearing a very nice spot with a t-shirt that features a canary yellow colour designed with uh, an emblem. It's more of a command gold, command actually, gold. if you see it in person. Uh, uh, a lovely material of command gold and features a beautiful art illustration of Ten Forward three people sitting with their back to the camera. It's very artistic. Understated. I ordered it on the 29th of right. June, apparently. Uh, so that was it. But I I was very impatient and paid a um, little bit extra when the... Ordered have you ordered yours Wednesday. yet? Right. Well, there's two options, isn't there? There's the, I don't mind waiting, and there's the... I'm impatient and there's money in my bank account. Mm. Give me, give me. Well, that, that was, a, was a long I sleeve hit... sweatshirt I ordered in grey. So, oh, right. Um... Yeah, there's loads of different um, t-shirts and stuff. And for anybody listening, it's Redbubble that are producing them. And I've had Redbubble stuff before. I've got um, a Sailor Mars um, one, which for anybody who's into Japanese anime is one of the characters from Sailor Moon. Um and I must have had that now six or seven years. And I'm hoping that they, they're still using the same printing method that they did with that one because it still looks just the same as it did when it arrived, does that one. And that's a, a, quite a while. I've had that quite a few years. So I'm happy with the quality of this. It looks good. It's not got that horrible shiny vinyl looks like it's been stuck on kind of look I, I, I think we need to give a big shout out to Alison Steele who done the graphic artwork on it as well because she's done a couple of things for Spot the Week but, and I, I think her... definitely it's a really good design I really like it and I like the fact that it doesn't have our faces on well I think the, the listeners probably like that more that it doesn't have our faces on it I can't blame him. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, I think we've exhausted these one-hit wonders. I think yeah. we probably um, have. A big weekend ahead of us. We we do we do we are busy we this are weekend, aren't we, Greg? Ahead of us, and I think people should listen out for a big announcement next week. I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there. It's going to be super duper. Yes, it is. It is? Are you going to sign us off? Oh no, we've got to say oh, how yes, people yes. can find uh, us first. I can we? be found at, uh, at Kravit Ginger, uh, usually posting completely inappropriate uh, Star Trek art and having general things. And I can be found at the Militant. Again, usually posting uh, highly inappropriate, um, often sexual Star Trek memes, mainly aimed at Gregor, um, as well as random rants and whatever else seems to float my boat that day. And I do enjoy you aiming it at me. Well, good, because I, I often do. <laughs> I think we'd better say um, live long and prosper, don't you, Gregor? Live long and prosper.